congratulations. You found it. The most inappropriate book club you never knew you were missing. Starring the original book divas, Martha Steele, Vonnie Golden, and special guest, Alyssa Mann, the queen of romance. These people are passionate about books, maybe a little too passionate. Plotting world domination, one book at a time, they are three book girls. Ah. You got to put it in the right hole, Vani. Well, I've been single for a long time. That's difficult for me. <laughs> you don't remember which hole, <laughs> which hole it goes in. <laughs> that is really sad. <laughs> now maybe it's because I didn't have both my ears on. That could, that could be, be it. it. I need to sh- get my shit together here. I guess we'll start the party planning then. Vani, will you make sausage balls again so I can just eat my weight in sausage balls? <laughs> sure. I can do that. That's my or give me the recipe and I'll make the sausage balls. <laughs> I love them so much. They're, They're so, so good. good. I made them. I made them at Christmas time. They're like crack. I made them at Christmas time and I made them with greasy sausagey crack. Yes. No. Listen. I I made it with I think eight pounds of Holy sausage shit. because I put too much cheese in there and the only way to remedy that is to add more sausage. So I ended up with so many sausage balls and I took them for my family Christmas. Mm-hmm. I had none left. Yeah, because they're no amazing. Sausage balls. And I having even... no balls is a good thing if you're a woman. Well, the, all the all the balls got eaten. Of course, now, if you, if you go get this product that I sent you guys the uh, message for earlier, the ball wash, mm. yeah, you can give that to your man now. Did you see my response? What man? The Invisible Man? Yes. That lives in my house? Yes. <laughs> okay. He wants I'm, clean I'm not, balls. <laughs> I'm not dipping my sausage balls into some cleaner. I want them nice and spicy. Oh, here she is. You ready? Yes. Hello? Hello? Is this Floor? Floor? Yeah. How do you say that? It, who is this? Martha? Yeah. Yeah. Uh-uh. Okay. Hi. So how do you say your tell name? Me, tell me. How, do you, how do you say your name? My name is uh, Flor, Florencia, Flor. but it's the equivalent of Florence in English. Florence. I like, I like for, for, what it she was calling you. She was Florencia. calling you Flo earlier. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, are you sure it, that's yeah. your name? Well, and she's, that's one of my nicknames. Ah. <laughs> so see, I knew. Well, you see here, there's a there's a commercial on TV uh, that's for an insurance company called P- Progressive, and there's a character. Yeah, the one that has the um, the 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 she, one that oh god, she has a white apron. That, that's yeah, the white apron. Yeah, yeah. that's Flo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Flo. Flo from Progressive. So Bonnie said we're gonna have Flo. I said really Flo from Pro- Pro- Progressive. <laughs> 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 I bet you're better than her anyway. Aww, <laughs> what a great name! I love the R yeah. rolling on there too. Uh, well, you're yeah, here with Spanish. you're here with Martha, Vani, and Alyssa. Hello, hi, hello, hi, everyone. Oh my God, I'm so excited! <laughs> Yay! <laughs> so, tell us a little bit about your home. You're you're Argentinian, correct? I'm Argentinian. Yes. Um, well, I live in Buenos Aires, which is the capital, and basically, well, we have. A lot of nice things. It's a big city, mm-hmm. and it's a beautiful city. Um, I love the U.S., but I do love my hometown too. Which, um, and we have well, we have traditions here like uh, barbecue that we call asado. 
Ooh. And we like, yeah, it's a nice, nice meal, you know, with that. There's only one thing that we have kind of disgusting for people that don't, are not accustomed to it, which we eat like the interior parts of the, of the cow. Oh. It's not so nice for people. Oh, like, like, like yeah. the intestines and the tripe, yeah, stuff like the that? the intestines. Yeah, the intestines are real delicious, I'm going to tell you. I think I could eat that if it was barbecue. Are you being serious when you say it's really yeah. delicious? You know what? What you have to do is just not tell me what I'm eating until after I taste it, and then I'm, I'm okay. Yeah, I'd probably like it. Yeah. So when if we I'm come, eating, what's this? So when we come to visit, you're going to be serving us intestines. I, I, yeah, I could take you to some place to call to eat that. But, it's called chinchulines. Uh-huh. So it's really delicious. <laughs> and we got like a lot of things. You know, we got empanadas. Mm. We got a brew that we, um, it's kind of like a constant brew that I like to describe it, which is the mate, mm. um, which is kind of like a tea, but we are constantly serving it water to drink in its hot water. Oh. And it's kind of our custom. That sounds oh, yeah. wonderful. What do you do when you read? What do you eat when you read? What kind of snacks? I usually like eating just cookies, you know. Ah. And if I don't have nothing delicious. That's, that's sort of universal. Or, um, we got, yeah. And, or if I have, I like a lot, um, well, we have facturas, which is kind of like the croissants. Ooh. From France, you that's know. So, Vondi's eyebrows yeah, went so up. Mm, I like croissants. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Any kind of pastry. Croissants here. With that. And I drink, you know, mate or, or I don't know, coffee. You know, I'm, I'm that type of way. I'm, I'm kind of universal. Well, we're the drink- fact that I lived in the USA, it's kind of like I have this half and half thing, you know. That's hmm. why. <laughs> How long did you live in the U.S.? I did all oh. my elementary school in the U.S. Oh, where? What? What state? In Florida. Oh. Where in Florida? Florida? In, in, well, where the Super Bowl is going to happen tomorrow, Miami. Oh, Miami. Miami. I mean, telling us about the Super Bowl tomorrow, we would have no clue. Because I was like, um, I didn't even realize the Super Bowl was tomorrow until I talked to my son this morning. And I'm like, oh, the Super Bowl's tomorrow? Oh, Oh, yeah. The big commercials of the year. Yeah, that's right. That is coming up. Yeah, <laughs> that's the part that I like. I'm like, I like looking mm-hmm. at the commercials. You yeah. know, that's how, the only thing. You know, do you have any idea how much it costs to buy a commercial on the Super Bowl? Yeah, hmm. I saw five, that it was five million, million dollars. That doesn't surprise me. I'm thinking somebody could easily advertise on this podcast for a hell of a lot less. Well, just tickets to the Super Bowl. A dollar. Bowl? Give us a dollar. <laughs> we'll take it. <laughs> just tickets to the Super Bowl this year for nosebleeds are like. I want to say fifteen hundred, but it might be fifteen thousand. I bet it's fifteen hundred. Fifteen hundred. That's way more money than I. Fifteen hundred dollars. That's ridiculous. That's almost three months of rent, uh, right? Speaking of which, I need to remember to pay my rent. <laughs> I know. I was like, who oh, was the first? <laughs> Another reason why I needed my paycheck to go in yesterday. <laughs> the bills, bills, bills. I know. So, what do you do for a living, Flo? I am a software engineering in the company Accenture. I don't know if you guys know that, uh, the, you know, know the company, Mm-mm. the international one. Um, it's a space in Chicago, um, but I work with uh, Philippines. So oh. I, yeah, I cover their shift on the on my day, which is their night. So 
it's it's nice it's nice and i i've re- you know i got them by degree last year from software engineer too so, good job yeah we love educated women yeah, yeah. it gets us all wet yeah. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Educated and well read. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> we should have talked to her first, then I would have been able to find the hole. <laughs> <laughs> you missed the first part. You'll have to, you'll have to hear. That. Well, we Poor could go funny. back to that subject, though, but, by the way, because we were talking about um, they have this product that is for men that they spray on their private parts. It's called ball, oh God. ball wash. I wonder if that would like be stingy, though. I just have a question. Why can't they just shower well, like that's the what rest I'm of thinking. us? Why, why do they why have can't to you have just special, shower? You know, does the skin on their sack need a certain thing? Oh, here it is. I know what it is. Okay. It's, it's because there are taste receptors in their testicles. Okay, but I saw a video debunking that yesterday. Yeah, yeah What? I, I did too. <laughs> Martha's lying to you. Don't listen to her. It's it's not true. No, she was taken true. in by Fox an urban news. legend. <laughs> it's a myth, actually, but there are people who believe this shit, and there are videos all over YouTube of guys dipping their testicles in soy sauce because they think they can taste with them. Mm. It's been a weird oh week in America. <laughs> yeah. It has been a very strange week. We here. have a lot going on in we America. Do. But oh we responded by having men dip their balls in soy sauce. So <laughs> go us. We respond to pressure well. Yes. I, I like Chinese food, so that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> hey, and if they use the ball wash first, it's a double bonus. <laughs> you gotta you gotta ball wash them first, then dip them in the food because you don't want any skank going on with your so soy is the sauce. ball wash flavored? Oh. Ooh, it'd be cool if it was. No. Did you see what I disagree? I, did you see what I wrote you back uh, when you said that? I was looking for it. What what did you say back? Minty fresh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Minty fresh. That's when you use mouthwash before a blowjob. In case, right. in case you were fresh. wanted in on that one, Floor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's disgusting. Like, I, I kinda got it. You know, like the like the preservative, you know, like where you put the the ones that have like the taste uh huh like strawberry oh yeah I'm not gonna say that after I did <laughs> it's not, it's not so, so fruity fresh would that be fruity fresh yeah. fruity fresh fruity fresh fruity fresh yeah fruity fresh fruity fruity now all of a sudden I'm hungry <laughs> right we're going for pastries and jam after this <laughs> and that's all <laughs> and Chinese food <laughs> So, I probably should do a quick mention that our book club book this time is The Power by Naomi Alderman. I never did get your reaction on that, Alyssa, because you weren't there. For what? You missed our announcement of our second book club pick. I saw it on the internet. I don't remember what happened last weekend, Mm. but I spent it all on my couch. Yeah. Well, we had that announcement of that book club book, so we want to make sure everybody knows what it is. So they can read it in time for the next event, which will happen on March 28th at Full Circle Bookstore. I will say, I told someone I was very confident in the author of that book. I said it was Elizabeth Gilbert, and you just said the author, and that was extremely wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there you go. I was like, that's it. And someone's like, is that the Eat, Pray, Love lady? And I was like, no, Uh, that's right. (laughs) No, I wasn't. Okay, so Fleur, Fleur, darling, how about that? Flo, since we've got you on the line, we're going to let you go first. All right. I'm going to have you give your full name 
and where you're from before you do your review. Okay. Well, my name is Florencia Risuto Salinas, and um, I'm from Argentina, Buenos Aires. And so, what'd you pick today? I picked Aristotle and Dante Discover the Secrets of the Universe by Benjamin. I wanted to read this. Our Liar Science. Yeah. Very nice book it was. Alyssa's very excited. I'm she's so excited. She's jumping up and down. Yeah, I can, I can hear her. I can hear her. I, I, I so much share that. I It was a real nice book, so I so totally recommend it to you. Tell us what it's about. Some sappy thing. Oh, Alyssa looks um, happy. Well, there are, yeah. Yeah, I know, I know. I get a, you know, I feel that every time I, I hear a book that she recommends, I feel so much that I want to read it. Yes. And, um, <laughs> so you're a romance reader. I'm a romance reader. Yes, I am. Woo! And I am a I'm a little bit of Martha too because I like my fantasy and I like my stuff. Um, uh, I want to get into the history part. Oh, so I'm gonna get there. Uh, <laughs> that's one of my things for this year. So this book is a pretty nice book. It's about. Uh, it's kind of like a coming of age uh, type. There is two boys, Aristotle and Dante, um, and these two boys meet in a swimming pool, in a public swimming pool. So when they, these two meet, they kind of, you know, just instantly think, oh, we share weird names, so we should be friends, kind of. So Dante shows Aristotle how to swim, and they start establishing a relationship between them, a good friendship relationship. Um, these two are Mexican-Americans, really born in, in, Mex- in America, in El Paso, Texas. It's located. And they were born there, and their parents are Mexican. So they have all of this thing about how they feel they're not Americans, and at the same time, they don't feel that they're Mexicans. And they have this kind of culture shock and how the world perceives them and how they perceive the world. And these two start establishing this type of relationship. And they meet their parents, of course, as they are just kids that are in high school. And they start um, having, you know, of course, these um, different type of situations. And in one of the situations, um, Aristotle went and saved Dante from a car. Oh. And, yeah. And after that, Aristotle was a whole, you know, like they were in the summer, and the whole summer he was in a cast. Um, Their two two feet and their, you know, legs and their arm, his arm. So he could not do anything. And it showed how Dante would go every single day to the hospital and, you know, take care of him and feel guilty because of this. At the same time, the the parents of Dante was starting to, um, you know, establish a relationship in a way that they felt that Aristotle was their son because Uh he saved his son. So they were like very, you know, very nice relationship. And, of course, their parents, mutual parents, started establishing a relationship and going to a bench together, and you see all of this. What I liked about the story, I can't say more without spoiling the whole, the whole story, because there's more things that come. Um, but Dante left to Chicago, and when he went to Chicago, you see that he still wrote letters to, to Aristotle, 
And they started establishing a difference because Aristotle was from El Paso, which is kind of like a town, a small town. And uh, Dante was in Chicago, which is a big city. So he started experiencing more things that Aristotle was not experiencing whatsoever. Um, typical things of a person that lives in a city versus a person that lives in a small town. Um, the innocence was starting to get off of Dante, and Aristotle was still having the innocence of, of a boy. Uh, what I really liked about this book while I was reading it is that the parents of Aristotle and Dante, as they have these, like, as we say, you know, Dante is from the Divine Comedy and um, Aristotle is a philosopher. Right. They, their parents were not like the typical, you know, personification that they do of a Mexican. They always do the type of thing that the Latin people are not cult that they are not intelligent. And I like the fact that, you know, Dante had his dad that was um, a professor in a college. And Aristotle is a guy that even though that, I didn't, that his dad was fought in Vietnam, they have this cult in them. They, they read, they, they, are, they have an intellectuality, you know, in it. And it's not, you know, it doesn't portray them as the typical Mexicans, but it portrays something else. Yeah. Poor, maybe? I think that's yeah. what Catholic, you, get, you get a lot in rural, books and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Where, where they're yeah, you get that disadvantaged and they don't speak English and it makes it more difficult for them in society because of that. Yes, but that does not portray, it, it doesn't even mention that. Oh, that's cool. So I night, love that. That's so cool. That's so cool. As being a Latin, I feel that that's something that's important. To portray Latin as a different type of person, you know, and not always show them like people that don't have a college degree. And that's nice. Yes, I um, agree. So I, I really did love that. I really did love it. Awesome. So you said you would recommend it? I would totally recommend it. It even has awards. It, it has really? so, many, so many stickers in the, in the front. And they're like, oh, it's a beautiful book. Beautiful. Awesome, awesome. Give us the title and artist of it one more time. Okay, the title is Aristotle and Dante Discover the Secrets of the Universe by Benjamin Allier Sainz. Your accent is just wonderful. I love listening to you speak. I know, it's great. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Uh, would you like to stay on for the rest of the time? Obviously, this is costing you money, so it's up to you if you want to stay on or if you want to... No, no, it's not costing don't worry, it's not costing me, and I, I want to stay. I want to stay. I want to hear it. Okay. Yay. Awesome. You'll so, be the first one that stayed through the I whole thing. I want to say a shout-out. Okay. I want to say a shout-out to, um, of course, to Viviana, which is another here from your podcast that I hooked her up, Woo. and Luhan, which is a friend of mine. So Yay. We're going to send a shout-out to them. Hey, guys, we're waving all the way from Oklahoma City. Let's move right right along. We're going to go to Vani's review next. So, V. I'm feeling a little like Martha (laughs) these days. I get in here and I'm like, okay, what is my next book? So I have to look at my history on my library and I'm like, okay. And then I had to think a second to remember what we did for the last podcast. What did we do? Because the last podcast oh, was yeah. the live event. We had regular. Listen, I remember what I did. Do you remember what you did? You did something about. Uh... I did the lost children. Yeah. Okay, so the book I'm going to do this week is called "The Nickel Boys" by Colson Whitehead, and this is a fictional account on a 
true event, if that makes sense. So it's a yeah. fictionalization of something that actually that happened? That actually happened, right. Okay. And, um, and it's a very popular book as well. It is. And it, I understand why, because it is so good. As soon as I got done with this, I was immediately texting Kayla going, oh, my God, have you read this book yet? <laughs> and she's like, no, I want to. Watch. Kayla hasn't read it? Either that or she had. I can't remember. I think that I read it first <gasps> this time, which hardly you ever did. happens. <laughs> I know. I it was probably Kayla. sitting on her shelf. I, it is. Yes. She said that she, she has, has it. This girl is a book hoarder. I'm telling you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But we love her because she always finds me fantastic books. <laughs> okay, shoot. So this book starts out very Martha-like <gasps> with people looking for bodies in this vast field. Oh, so you're talking about the mystery serial killer-ish person. I was going to say, right. I'm here for it. Yes. yes. Dead bodies so, in the field. So they're looking for these bodies in the, like this mass grave, unmarked mass grave. Damn. They're looking for bodies. Okay. And then it doesn't really focus very much on that. So it catches your attention when you very first start this book. But then it doesn't really focus anymore on the investigation later on. It does a little bit. It kind of it goes back and forth. But it doesn't go back to the mass graveyard. So you don't have any idea what the hell the mass graveyard is about? Well, no, about? no, no. It, you know what it is because they know what it is when they're investigating it. And what it is, it's the remains of an old reformatory school in florida i know about this reformatory school yeah is it a bunch of is it oh yeah i've heard of this Mm -hmm. okay all right i'm in for it okay so then it starts out there and then it goes back to 1960 and the main character in this is named elwood and he is a, a colored youth who lives in florida during time of segregation i mean it's still civil rights is still happening and everything. So, um, and I can't remember what exactly he gets in trouble for and sentenced to the reformatory, but it's something that was stupid. So he goes to this reformatory school and this reformatory school is awful. I mean, they abuse the boys. They, they beat them with whips. And if they go too far out of place, they, um, quote unquote, take them for ice cream and sometimes they <gasps> never come back. Mm-hmm. That's sort of like going to li- for a dog going to live on a farm. <laughs> that's, mm-hmm. what they, that's what they tell mm-hmm. you when they take your dog away. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's going to go live on a farm where he can run and play. Yeah, except yeah, what right. they do is they torture these kids <gasps> until they die. Oh my God. And so you have um, uh-huh. all of these kids that are in this reformatory school and they're from very different backgrounds but mostly poor backgrounds because you know it's people of color who did not have very many rights back at this time in history and um elwood is smart he's made it through school he's already applied for a college that he can go to and he thinks that he's going to get educated in this reformatory school which of course doesn't happen poor baby but he's like surprisingly upbeat and naive thinking that things are going to change or that he can change things. Um, and he becomes friends with a boy named Turner who, and Turner kind of starts like watching out for him and they kind of become friends and it goes back and forth between 1960 and I don't know what time the current time is, but it's, it's one of the reformatory kids who 
made it through and they're living in New York City. It's not current times because there's like garbage strikes going on at the time and it, it's... Okay, so it would have been... So the 80s? I was, was going to say 80s. early 90s maybe? <clears throat> 80s or early 90s. Okay. 80s would make sense because if this happened in 1960 and they're like 18 years old yeah. and they're adults, yeah. so yeah. 80s would make sense. Mm. This uh, kid that lives in New York is actually going down. He's tra- He's fixing to travel down to Florida to the investigation because it's been in the news and the paper and everything else to kind of like get closure on the whole situation because, you know, he had lived through it mm-hmm. and it was a good, compelling book. And even though there was a lot of abuse and everything, it wasn't necessarily written to be shocking. Like they don't go into extreme detail about the abuse, which is nice for people who have like triggers that even though there's a lot of child abuse in it without going into detail, you know, you can, you know what's going on without them telling you uh, what's I going see. on. Okay. So it's more implied. Right. I mean, there's some of it that they do describe, but not a lot of it, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yes. So, but yeah, this was, this is one of the better books I've read in a while, I think, and I really enjoyed it. And I understand why it won awards because... I want to say that it won a big one. The Kirkus Prize? Okay. That's a huge one. Yeah, yeah, that's a big one. The National Book Award Long List. It's National one of the Book 10 Award Best Fiction Books of fiction. the Decade. It was really good and I would recommend it. And I really think Kayla's going to like it. Me and Kayla have a lot of the same taste in books. Mm-hmm. And I think she's really going to like this one. Awesome. It's awesome. And that again was The Nickel Boys by Colson Whitehead. Boop, boop. Yep. I'm excited for Alyssa's because I think we're going to have very differing opinions <laughs> on hers. Yeah. Alyssa, for once, is not going the romance route. I don't go the romance route all the time. I know. Like, what are you talking about? Well, we have to warn people when you're not romancing. Oh, God, I hated this book. I don't See? understand why she you hated, hated it. I loved hated it. I loved this book. You know what this book reminded me of is Frog Music by Emma Donahue, which I loved. So you would probably like this book. Have you read this book? I don't know. Have I? What I thought this? you told me you read this. What is oh, this? sorry to everyone who isn't in this room. <laughs> I read Where the Crawdads Sing by Delia Owens. Oh no, I did not read it because Man, it, it sounded book. like torture. By the description, it and was. I was not interested in being tortured in that way. I am reading it because um, I'm in a book club. If that's torture, oh, then uh-huh. torture me every well, day. Okay, my coworker like really wanted to start a book club, and I was like, I love you. I want you to be happy. I'll be in this book club with you. And this has been the first dud of the book club so far. We've got a four out of five consensus that we hated this book with all our hearts. All right, Uh-oh. I could, I could well, not be in your book club. You should. I wanted to go ahead. I wanted to read that book. Well, well now you're killing it. <laughs> you should you should see the look on Vonnie's face right now. She looks like we kicked her puppy. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not holding back today because I, I think I think like talking about books that had such widespread praise when you don't like it, I think it's important to talk about it is. the reasons why you didn't like it. 
because I feel like it gets overshadowed with praise. If you loved it, that's yeah. fine. But yeah. like, I think that well, like, we can disagree. Me yeah. and Martha disagree about books all yeah. the time. When stuff Pretty gets much picked for like really big stuff, which is why I hate reading books that everyone is reading because mm-hmm. I'm always pissed about them ninety mm-hmm. percent like of the time. Um, I think that like disagreement really like people don't hear it because they're just like everyone loved it like this was Reese's book club pick so yeah all right I'm gonna do a brief summary and then I'm going to bash it bash it to hell that's what you're gonna do (laughs) yeah yeah okay um so this book is a coming of age story about Kaya and she is the marsh girl of Barkley Cove this isn't a spoiler so in the beginning of the story um her mom has left her family. Um, Kaya is like six, like six or seven, because um, she doesn't actually know exactly how old she is. Um, when her mom one day, she gets dressed, she wears the same outfit she always wears and her favorite pair of shoes, and she walks off and never comes back. Um, Bitch. No. <laughs> no, for for just cause. No, her dad I fucking know. sucks. I know, I know. <laughs> Um, so slowly but surely, kind of all of Kaya's family abandons her. So her older siblings, um, it seems like two of her older siblings are significantly older than her. Mm-hmm. And they go off. Um, and they leave and you don't really hear about them anymore. Um, the sibling they, I, she has that's next closest to her in age is her brother Jody. And he leaves after like two or three months as well and then it's just her and her dad and he is an alcoholic and he isn't there for days at a time um he's really abusive they do kind of have this short spell where he comes back and it seems like he's sobered up and he teaches her how to fish and um but other than that she's pretty much basically she's on her own Um, She learns how to cook for herself and basically care for herself because when her dad does come back, it's for like a day or two and he leaves her money for food and then he goes off again and she doesn't really know where he goes. Um, But so this story follows Kaya um, from age six or seven to adulthood. Um, I think she's probably like early 20s. When this book concludes, I mean, aside from like they do like a retrospective kind of at the end, like and Mm -hmm. you see when she dies. But for the most part, like she ends about in her 20s. Um, But then contrasted against this, this book takes place mostly in the 50s. But um, there's a time jump and some chapters are focusing on the murder of Chase Andrews, who is um, a very well liked man in town he's kind of attractive and he slept with all the girls and he's married but his family kind of had the most money right and he's like the everyone. quarterback yeah and you like know, the all-american boy yeah um, yes. and he's killed and he's also in his early 20s it's not super clear he's not very he's not old like he's I want his 20s is probably his early yeah. 20s is probably mm-hmm. about right yeah um but so there's kind of a like you kind of flip flop between these two timelines of Kaya growing up and then the investigation of this murder, which I was excited about the murder. Like I want to be clear, like I was like, <laughs> this is a little, this is a little slow to start, but I was like, oh, like I didn't know that like this was going to be a story with a murder in it. Okay, let's see where this goes. <sighs> 
Facebook so much. She's I rolling was, her eyes back in her I head. I was going to take, like, jot down some notes, but then I was at the nail salon for three hours today, and so I didn't have time. You don't have to jot notes. Just every, you know what? This book has been. I know, but I yeah. feel like I need to be structured in my well, thoughts. Well, I, I can help you a little bit. I just finished this book Friday. Oh, good. Okay. So, so if I say something wrong, Vani can be like, you're remembering it wrong. Fix yeah. yourself. So. But nicer than that. Okay, I'm just going to go item by item because there were several things. One of the things I had the most issue with is so Kaya goes to school for a day in her whole like she goes for a day in her whole life. Like part of it is like she um, she doesn't she's not taken into school until she's six or seven because her parents don't send her Um, like a truant officer is finally like we knew you were here. Like, let us take you to school. Um, and she goes for a day and she's made fun of and she never goes back. And so for a little while, there's, you know, sometimes of her like trying to avoid the truant officers and hiding in the marsh and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Um, but so she is later taught to read by the man who becomes her romantic interest. Tate. Tate. Mm-hmm. And then she becomes the smartest human being on the face of the earth, which I think is it was so unbelievable that it drove me insane yeah like insane Mm -hmm. like there was literally a line in there that was like they jumped between words like clan and pleistocene era and it was fine and i was like that's not fine that's not how reading works (laughs) it's not how reading works And so what they're so basically it's setting her up because she I mean, she loves the Mars and what she really loves are birds. Um, And so it culminates in her. She ends up writing like a scientific book on the birds of the marsh. And I was like, you have to be shitting me right now. Like a scientific book about the birds of the marsh. She couldn't know how to read. (laughs) Yep. Well, Well, I know, but she learned how to read. But the books that Tate brought her were... He brought her high school biology textbooks. And then college ones when he was in college, though. Well, clearly Alyssa could not suspend her disbelief. No, like it wasn't enough. I was like, I don't believe this at all. See, Um, I didn't really think that her books... In my mind, when I read about the books that she was writing, I thought they were more like the books that you buy to, like know what bird you're looking at like the there are but those are scientific books like they take like books like that because like my dad has them for fish like there's a lot of academic rigor that goes into those books mm-hmm. like there's yeah. a lot of vetting there's a mm-hmm. lot of like scientific minds there's a huge editing process for stuff like that because the difference between like species and genuses geni yep. genuses, genuses is minuscule a lot of the time yeah. Even for birds. And I was like, this is absolutely, like, this is insane. <sighs> yeah. Okay. Okay. So we've, we've established that. Uh, there was that. Th- okay. One thing that I didn't hate that just kind of bothered me was that for a while, maybe you noticed too, but like they were doing a really good flip flop between like, here's the future. He- like, here's the murder in the future. Here's this. There were like 150 pages where they just dropped the murder. <laughs> Yeah. Like it was kind of like a big structuring problem where they'd kind of set up this structure and then it was dropped in the middle and then picked back up at the end. 
mm-hmm. and it was really weird. Well, especially if you're there for like, the murder. Like it was like what? <laughs> well, yeah, but it was like <sighs> what happened to this? Like, well, yeah, have, there was, it was for a long time they dropped it, which was weird. Yeah, there was at one point that I was like, um, Are we coming well, back to it ever? <laughs> yeah, it would happen about. I mean, what about the murder? What? Yeah. And I thought maybe they're leading up to like. When the actual occurrence of the murder, what I, I mean, they did not, by the way, but they didn't. So <laughs they> didn't come back. It was to like, it? yeah, well, they did, but like, well, I they thought... finally, well, they flipped to the future. You don't find out what actually happened, what actually occurred for the murder, like the last details. two pages of the book. Not an exaggeration. Yeah, but the you last don't two find pages out. Of yeah. the book. lovely. Also, it's... I cannot talk about it, but I was so pissed off. I threw my book at the chair and scared my dog. Ah. Uh, at the last two pages? I have not been no, so irate at a book <laughs> since I read Gone Girl, which also made me furious. Oh, but those I was, are book-flinging moments. I was absolutely irate at the end of this book. The twist of the book undoes, in my opinion, the lessons learned in the last quarter of the book, which is absolute nonsense to me. Yeah, a little bit. Okay, thank you. Like, yeah. I'm not out of line here. No, like, I can it understand completely that. undoes the message of, like, the last quarter of the book. Mm-hmm. What you're saying is is what people often say when there's a book that has so much buzz around it. This like, book is some, not for everyone. No, and I just, like, there are some inherent problems. Like, I think there were some issues with the way that race was portrayed in this book. Um, it was done in it. Delia Owens is a 70-year-old woman, and she writes about other races as though she's a 70-year-old woman. Yeah. And um, can I ask you, yeah. like, um, the Marsh Girl, you know, this happened in, what, the, like, 50s? But, yeah, right? it started, okay. she was born in the 50s. Okay, now, um, I was unsure of mm-hmm. her, of Kaya's race until, until way into the book when Which she started I... going to get gas from jumping. Yeah. And that's a problem, too, And I there think. was only, like, one little section that talked about, you know, about that gave, even gave a hint of her race. And I know that didn't matter, like, in the overall perspective of the book, but it would have helped to understand her race, to understand the um, the reaction to other people and to I, her in yeah. town, like from the Richies. Well, and I think that another part of the problem is then... Like, you don't really get a feel for, like, the way that she wrote. So Jumpin' is a black man who owns, like, a bait shop slash kind of convenience shop. And I think he might cook there, too. Yeah. It's kind of like an everything. The quickie mart. Yeah, yeah, kind of an everything little shop. Um, And I think the way that he is written is a problem. So when he... So this is the Deep South. Um, And so a lot of this is written in a way that... Like liquor, this is the easiest example I can think of. Like when you're hearing Kai's inner thoughts, liquor is spelled L-I-K-K-O-R. Liquor, yeah. Um, liquor and in so the like back. You can like they. <laughs> it has a specific word, and it's not phonetically. Think t- like words are written out phonetically. Um, okay. It has a specific like literary term, and I don't remember what it is. But um, when Jumpin gets on the page, it's written. It's very obvious that he's a black man, and I think that it's a problem because in in these towns, all these people are talking the same. Like, these yeah. people all have deep Southern accents, but you look at the page and you're like, that's an African-American character right there. It's not good. She tried uh, too hard to make Jumpin' African-American. It was, yeah. 
it was written, and this is how things used to be written, um, because it wasn't right back then, but it is the way that African-American characters were written, you know, 20, 30 years ago. Um, but it's a problem now. And I think that it's good to talk about it. Like, And this woman racism, who wrote the book is a white woman. Yeah, race is not handled super well in this story. <laughs> um, yeah. I also, like, yeah. It's, I have a lot of problems with this book. <laughs> so. I had others, but those were the big ones. <laughs> you know what? I, I think that it's important, though, to mm-hmm. talk about books that are buzzed about you have so many people that hop on board especially when there's a celebrity who likes the book who likes the book and she goes oh this is the best book i've ever read and then there are a lot of people that will read the book and let go of all the things they didn't like about the book because a famous person well can i defend my liking of this book just to address the issues that you did have i do agree with the race thing um i did not like the fact that, I mean, like I said, not that it was re- it wasn't super important to the plot of the story, but it was a little bit considering it was in the fifties that they should have specified at the beginning what you know mm-hmm. if it was a segregation thing, if it was because she was poor and grew up in the marsh thing, or why there was such a disliking of this little girl mm-hmm. with everybody else in town yeah. and her family. Hmm. But there really was not. As far as the education thing, I mean, I could see where the books that she wrote couldn't have been super scientific because obviously she didn't have schooling. But all she had to do all day, every day for her whole life was to find things in the marsh. And then when she started reading, I can understand her curiosity of like taking the book and like saying oh well this is this kind of bird and wanting to read more about it because I used to do the same thing when I was little I never asked questions Mm -hmm. I saw things that I wanted to know more about and I went to the library and started looking in encyclopedias I can definitely see how a person could self-educate but it would be a lot harder back then it would be harder back then because the books that are available in a small town library yeah, but the fact also, that they she came wasn't from going a high school to the library, but they came from a high schools and colleges. Yeah, but they though. wouldn't be that specific. If they were a college, not if and they were college black. books. No, I'm talking That's about fine. the bird species and and genus and stuff like. You'd have to have very specific books for that. Yeah, but Tate, who was bringing her all the books, was going to school for by for. Um, bio- but he stopped seeing her in college. He wasn't bringing her that many books. But he had already brought her a bunch of books, and mm. she, I don't know, re, I guess reread them until she knew them. I don't know. I, I know that I had one science book when I was a little kid, and I read that book so many freaking times that I knew the book by heart. Not now, obviously, because, you know, that was 40 years ago. But, but I, and, and I think you're, you're highlighting something here that really comes to light in a lot of books, and that is when you're reading the book, you're automatically applying what the character does to your own experience and your own knowledge. So you let go of a lot of things. Mm, yeah, You know, it, it's part of you. It becomes part of your narrative. So that's the reason that maybe it didn't bother you as bad because you were putting your own experience on well, it. Well, because I learned a lot of things on my own just by looking it up in 
books when I was little. Because, of course, 30 years ago, we didn't have Google and the Internet. You couldn't go look everything up. You had to go find it in books. So I would just read. And then, of course, you know, once I started reading the encyclopedia, I would keep reading the encyclopedia. And I would find out all of these different facts about things that I never would have known before. Mm -hmm. And that's the only reason why I can kind of understand Like I said, they couldn't have been super technical because obviously she didn't go to school. They gave her an honorary doctorate, Vani. (laughs) What do you think, Flo? What's your what's your take on this? That's where it got unbelievable. Like there's a point. But then like they were like this and this. And I was like, "Hmm." I think the same, because first up, you have to add the, the if you just learned how to read. Certain technical words, you're not going to know them by heart because of the fact that you are just starting to read and you're just getting into this world of knowledge. And at the same time, as you know, as you say, in that time, I don't think in a high school there would be such uh, high developed books. And we know that even today there aren't so high developed. And Google was not even there at that time. It, you know, I remember as, as you know, and she said that I read the encyclopedia like so many times. I love looking at the pictures and stuff because I did not have internet yeah. back then. I'm 30. So, mm-hmm. you know, back then we did not have so much access. Seeing yeah. the way both of you reacted is yeah. really interesting. Right. But I just, I loved the writing in this book and I loved how she just kind of found a way for everything, even though she was kind of self-taught. Now, the honorary doctorate, I mean, they give honorary doctorates to freaking some Actors. people that don't <laughs> deserve it whatsoever, too. So that doesn't necessarily mean that she was smart enough to earn it on her own. Hmm. That's the only reason why that didn't really bug me, because I've seen some people get honorary degrees that, yeah... Sort of like getting the key to the city. It doesn't mean all that much. Yeah. Well, I mean, it means something to them. And it. I'm sure anyone who gets an honorary degree has done something above and beyond that they're recognizing with that degree. Mm-hmm. But it's not necessarily educational. Right. All We're right. Fine. So why don't we go I'm, ahead and give the title and artist of your book and then we'll move on if that's good. If we're done. That was Where the Crawdad Sings by Delia Owens. Mm. All right. Man, sitting still is freaking killing me. Did I tell you guys that I'm doing physical therapy? No. Yeah. Yeah. I'm doing physical therapy. I've hurt myself. Oh, no. I think it might have been hauling that equipment out. Remember last time we did the podcast from my house? Mm Mm-hmm. When was that? That was... uh, December. Yeah. I think it was that night with all the... Combined with the booze and the hauling shit around that night, I think I, I hurt myself. So <laughs> I think your back's been actually hurting ever since the book festival. Mm-hmm. Was it the book festival? The book festival, <gasps> you tweaked your you back. You tweaked your back at the oh, book festival. And, right. and I mean, it wasn't, it's like it hasn't hurt the whole time, but it seems like you've had trouble ever since then. Yes. I totally forgot about that. Thank yeah. you. Well, anyway, I've been going to the physical therapist and it, it I'm telling you guys, it, you should go. I've been. Hurt yourself so you I can go. I've it's been to physical awesome. therapy. Being, being in physical therapy is interesting because it's sort of like a cross between going to the chiropractor and going to a massage therapist. Or a personal trainer. Yeah. It's like the exercises they give you are like 
moving your head. See, yeah, my physical therapy <laughs> like, yes! was super lame because I tore some muscles in my calf. Mm. And so part of it was like I couldn't move my calf at all. So like for like the first three weeks, it was literally just like ankle exercises. So I didn't lose the use of my ankle and so I was just like drawing the alphabet in the air with my toes but it's so nice though for like 30 minutes and then I would leave meanwhile the guy next to me is like jumping and like hauling stuff and I'm like I'm just laying here (laughs) tracing shapes in the air yeah but it's just so wonderful to have everybody you know you have these two young good-looking boys that are like fawning over you and massaging you and stuff and then you have your physical therapist who's a hoot Hi, Kaylee. I can't Starts remember. Starts with a K. I can't remember the two boys' names. Hey, but... K girl. <laughs> I told her I was going to give her shit on the podcast about how much she hurt me. Mm-hmm. She didn't hurt me. <laughs> it was all good. And mm-hmm. they have this thing where they do an ultrasound. It's like a reverse ultrasound deal. What? Where they give you a friggin' massage with an ultrasound. I'm totally addicted to it. Yeah. Tyler's <laughs> been to physical therapy a couple of times and it's they, awesome the one time they wanted to put me in physical therapy i told them no well it is expensive i'll tell you that much but is she gonna listen i don't know if she will or not but i'll tell her i talked about her and then she has to listen right exactly my favorite yeah. is gonna be that you definitely got her name wrong <laughs> i'm right? gonna totally cut that part out she's gonna she's gonna hurt you She'll next have time my head in her hands and she's just go yank Forget my name, will you, bitch? And then you'll be decapitated. <laughs> She's like, this is going to be a deep t- I'm tissue. Dislocate your skull from your spine, <laughs> and you'll be dead. <laughs> I love it. Uh, it's time for mine, and I want to tell you guys that I feel very um, satisfied after having finished this latest book, which is called "Everything Is Illuminated" by Jonathan Safran Foer. Mm-hmm. And the reason I feel so good about this book is. I bought this book from my shelf, like, I don't know, 10 years ago or however long ago, 2003. It won an award in 2003, and I thought, oh, I'm going to buy a first edition copy of this and put it on my shelf, and then I never, ever read it. Wow. <laughs> this was like at the very beginning of my book collecting thing that I had going on, for the most part. It was really, really fun. It was the kind of book I didn't expect to be funny, but it was hilarious, There were sections of it that were written by a Ukrainian person, back and forth letters to this American author. And this this young man who wants to find out who saved his grandfather, a, a woman who may or may not have saved his grandfather from the Nazis. So he's in Ukraine dealing with this Ukrainian translator. <laughs> But the fun part about the book and really the only thing that kept me in it is his translations were so hilarious. I wish that I had brought the the actual book with me so that I could give you examples of the his word usage. But it's sort of like, remember when I talked about having read the book from India? Remember the curse of the butter chicken from oh, India, remember? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I kept focusing on how he would say, instead of coming home, his kids were coming home, or going home, He'd say, my kids are going to revert. Excellent. So it was, it was words like that. It was words mm-hmm. that sort of mean the same thing, but they really don't. They wouldn't be used that way. The whole book is full of this. And you get to know this cast of characters, which includes their dog. 
He's driving around the Ukraine in this nasty car with this American who hates dogs. And they've got the dog in the back seat. And the dog's name is Sammy Davis Jr. Jr. Fair enough. (laughs) (laughs) Man, the Ukrainian in this is just hilarious. I laughed so hard while reading this book. I just couldn't believe it. Half the time I didn't understand what the hell they were talking about. Because it was very, dis- there were sections of, that were very disjointed, but it did have a lot of really cool stories in it. The stuff about his his grandmother and the way she grew up and the people she came in co- contact with. And it was just, what a great journey this book was. I felt like I was in Ukraine learning all of these things from this dude who spoke really bizarre English. <laughs> it was mm-hmm. great. So even though it's kind of an older book, um, I really super enjoyed it. And I probably would never have read it if this had not been on my shelf. Kind of ironic because I bought it for my shelf because it was popular. And then you never, <laughs> and then read, never it. read it. Mm-hmm. But I loved I it. I watched the movie. Did you? What did you think of the movie? It's great. Yeah. I, I, I was like, oh, my God, Sammy Davis Jr. Jr. It's like, I know I heard it someplace. And it's wonderful. The guy that works in the movie is um, Elijah Wood. Oh, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. From... I'm going to have to go watch so that movie watch now. That. Yeah, it's a great movie. It's a great movie. But it's very hilarious. I mean, the book is just a yeah. hoot. Hmm. I wish I had realized how funny this was because I so would have read it earlier. Uh, and the audio, yeah, the movie's the same. And the audio was especially enjoyable. It's the kind of book that I would actually go back and listen to again. Wow. Yeah. That hardly ever happens. I didn't give it five stars. I probably should have. I'll probably end up bumping it up like I do sometimes. Where I, I was going to say, if it's something you want to read again, I know. it has to be a it's five It's funny star. how that you sit with it for a couple of days and you're like, you know, I really did love that book. Mm-hmm. So totally not anything I would normally like. It's actually a Vani book. Really? Because it talks a lot about the war and there are Jews in it who are, who get killed. and hmm. It's really got a Vani type vibe. I think you should... War and death. Yeah, that yes, sounds like me. <laughs> it has a Vani vibe. But it has the hilarious vibe that is mine. That you like. Yes. Mm-hmm. I really liked this book. I thought it was excellent, and I will definitely be recommending it to anybody who really wants to enjoy themselves and get away from, even though it was super sad in parts. You know, the the funny parts of it really kept me going. So once again, that was called Everything is Illuminated by Jonathan Safran Foer. Now that we've gone through some information about all kinds of good books today. We've slagged off my physical therapist. What else do we have to do? What else is on the list of things to do? I was saying, you have a list over there you're checking off? <laughs> what were we supposed Salty to talk balls. about? Salty balls. I was <laughs> like, talk, that's, so, that's so unlike you, Martha, to have a list. People di- dipping their testicles in soy sauce to try to taste it. That image is going to be for me all night. I gotta sleep with this. You know. That's it. No more. No more post mating. Uh, so, uh, any kind of Chinese food. No salty sausage balls tonight for anyone. No. No. <laughs> no just at the end of the month when I make them for our gathering. Yeah, we were talking about um, doing a party again for my birthday this year. So I think it's. Mm. Uh, yep. I think we're all having having uh, the podcast at my house this year. Going to do all that. But I do. I know what else I was going to talk about. Oh, I like it. 
I think we need to remind people about the Friends at the Library book sale so that if they're in nearby states, they can come. It's the greatest day of the year. It's the Super Bowl for book girls. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Yeah, but I don't don't get off work in time now. I know. Well, they they, have it on Saturday, too. They changed the time, so Vonnie gets left out, and I wish we could get her the day off. No, but everybody else, well... Right now, I'm having to take a bunch of days off I for know. other stuff. So I know. I'm down Damn to, it! I'm down to only like three days of vacation. That's not good. But anyway, mm. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of hungry for salty balls now. I'm hungry. Give me some rice balls. I, I don't want any salty balls. So, Flora, any profound last words from Argentina for the people? No, <laughs> I'm going to give you, you guys words. Thank you for the laughs and thank you for the good recommendations. Oh, yeah. awesome. You make us feel so good. And, I, you know, oh. I've always wanted to visit Argentina, but my reason is is rock related, you know, because the rotocrosite now, in Argentina. I did not the know where that sentence was going to go. The shoemaker's wife that I read, that was said in Argentina, right? The I'm, shoemaker's you're asking wife. me? I didn't I'm, read I'm that. I'm pretty sure that that was said in Argentina and. The landscape that they described in there makes me want to go there. That's never been one of my list of countries that I wanted to visit until I read that book. And I was like, it sounds... Well, my husband had to go to Argentina a while back for work. And I, oh. I'm i a rock collector. So, of course, I looked it up to see what kind of rocks are available there. And I gave him specific instructions on what to look for. And he didn't bring them. Well, he did bring me back a tiny pair of earrings that had it. I said, I just want the rock, honey. You don't have to buy me jewelry. Well, I didn't see any. <laughs> Martha just wants rocks from I the ground. I just want the rock. <laughs> so that's all I know about. Ar- that's all I know about Argentina is just the rotocrosite. So. Well, you know, if you come down here, um, just you know, give me a, a message and I'll just um, you know show you town. Do the pull-out couch for us. Yeah. Well, so we, well, we need a on your rich book entrepreneur to pay our way oh, over there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We and to, back. We have to find somebody to buy us airline tickets first. Mm-hmm. So we'll get that sorted out and then we'll come visit. And give us spending money and all of that. <laughs> Bonnie's got to figure that part out. She's she's the the finance person. We got to put that on her shoulders. <laughs> we find out how much you. this is going to cost. Got- Go ahead. Well, but the fact is that you guys have the dollar, and we got the pesos, and the pesos is real low, and the dollar is real high. So it's like you can go to eat here real cheap compared to you guys. Oh. You know, so I'm telling you. That's good. You guys are in an advantage. Uh, for my side, not so much. I cannot go to the U.S. without <laughs> spending too much so, money. So it's I can de- go there, you know, but I can't really go there for a lot of money. Yeah. Well, well, see, so whoever pays our way, it's not going to cost them very much to feed us when we're there. She's working it. She's working totally. it. <laughs> well, Flo, thank I'm you. Done. You have been well, a gem. Thank you, guys. We really appreciate thank you calling you. in and um, and spreading the word in Argentina about three book girls. I'll keep up spreading it. Yay! Yes. And I think on that note, that's going to do it for three, three book girls. girls. Can't get enough of Three Book Girls? Join the conversation on Facebook and follow them on Twitter and Instagram. If you really love them, share the podcast with a friend. Three Book Girls, a Steel Trap production.